19 Tammuz, Yud Tes Tammuz, Tzaddik, His Conversations, 447. When a person does this, he will certainly not come to arrogance. The root of arrogance is when a person prides himself on having qualities which his friend lacks. But when a person believes that the only cause of his friend's deficiency, spiritual or material, is the screen he himself has erected between his friend and the Holy One, blessed be he, who wants to bestow blessings at all times, he will certainly not become arrogant. On the contrary, his pride will be broken, and he will come to genuine humility. The same person also told me he had heard a story the Rebbe told to illustrate the importance of talking to others about fear of heaven. There was once a very rich man who possessed countless wealth. He made an announcement that anyone who needed to borrow money should come to him and he would give him a loan. Needless to say, large numbers of people were only too eager to take up his offer, and they came along and borrowed money. The rich man had a notebook in which he kept a record of all the loans he gave. One day he picked up the notebook and started glancing through it. He saw that he had given out enormous sums of money in loans, and not a single person had bothered to come to pay back their debts. Naturally, he was very angry and upset. Nachman's wisdom, his wisdom, 202. The Rebbe once spoke of the difference between the teachings of various tzaddikim. The Talmud teaches that Moses looked through a clear pane, while other prophets saw through a dull window. Yivamot 49b Other prophets described their vision by saying, Thus says God. They saw it only vaguely, through a dull window. But Moses was able to understand his vision by saying, This is the word of God. Numbers 32 he was describing a clear vision seen through a brightly polished window. See Rashi there. The Rebbe said that the same difference exists in the original Torah insights of tzaddikim. All these teachings are absolutely true, but when some tzaddikim try to fit their teachings into a biblical verse or Talmudic saying, it does not fit their words exactly. The best they can do is find some illusion or support for their words. This is like a vision through a dull window, where all they can say is, Thus says God. There are some extraordinary tzaddikim in the category of Moses. See Likutei Moharan 1, 2, 6. Their original teachings are as pure and clear as the sun. Likutei Moharan 1, 6, 5. Bavabatra 75a. When they fit these teachings into, into biblical and Talmudic sayings, they illuminate them most clearly. Their vision is through a lucid window, and they could say, this is the word. Their teachings fit the quotation so obviously and clearly that they can truly say, this is the word. 203. The Rebbe said, all my lessons are very lofty, but when I deal with combinations of letters, my lessons are most sublime. See his wisdom, number 44. That is, lessons derived from the initial and final letters of the words in a phrase, or by an arrangement of letters. He also said, I would like to go much further, even beyond letter arrangements, but for the time being, I am remaining with this method. I still derive much pleasure from letter combinations. There are deeply hidden mysteries that can be revealed only through such combinations. The Aleph Bet Book, A Righteous Person, A. 161. Praising the Tzaddikim causes the wicked to suffer a great downfall. 162. The tzaddik dies on account of the sins of sorcery and immoral behavior. 163. 
People guilty of immoral behavior are usually opponents of the tzaddikim. 164. When the tzaddik passes away, people are left in a state akin to impurity, and their righteousness is repulsive in God's eyes. 165. When people rise up against the tzaddik, they incite heaven's wrath and promote an outbreak of fires. 166. There are times when tzaddikim are made to wander from place to place in order to reveal the existence of some hidden tzaddik. 167. There are times when the tzaddik is made to suffer in order to lessen the suffering of the Jewish people. Kitzur Likutei Moharan 1, Lesson number 283. 1. Sometimes there may be conflict between two tzaddikim, even though both of them are from the same spiritual root, and even though both of them have attained extremely high spiritual levels. The only reason for their conflict is that one of them is the aspect of loving-kindness that flows outward, for he reveals his Torah teachings to others, while the other is the aspect of goodness, but his good remains within him. See more in this lesson in Likutei Moharan. Thus, conflict between the tzaddikim actually stems from the Torah. However, there is also a conflict between wicked people, which is not rooted in the Torah at all. Thus, in truth, a person must pray to God that if it is God's will that he should be pursued and experience conflict, at least it should be the former type of conflict involving tzaddikim. This idea is expressed in the verse, May only goodness and loving kindness pursue me. Psalms 23, 6 Lesson number 284 1. A person must snatch and steal some time every day to engage in the study of Torah. Lesson number 285 1. Once a person has tasted the good of the true tzaddik, then even if later on he grows distant from him, a state which is conceptually associated with night and darkness, meaning to say that he is subsequently prevented from actually drawing close to the tzaddik, nevertheless the light of the Torah teachings that he tasted when he was with the true tzaddik will always radiate their light for him. Lesson number 286. 1. By studying the codifiers and the Shulchan Aruch, one merits to be the master of the house and a ruler over the land. In turn, he merits to raise up the gates of the Garden of Eden and to thereby comprehend the upper wisdom and the lower wisdom, which is the essential delight of the Garden of Eden. See Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom number 29 where it is written that it is extremely important for every Jew to study the codes of Jewish law every day without fail, even when it is a difficult time, as when a person does not have a free moment or he is traveling. Nevertheless, he should study at least one paragraph somewhere in the Shulchan Aruch. Even if what he studies then does not follow his regular course of study, still, not a day of his life should pass without his studying the Shulchan Aruch. Under normal circumstances, however, when a person is not under pressure, he should study a certain amount of the Shulchan Aruch every day, progressing from beginning to end, and when he finishes, he should go back and begin again. This practice is a very powerful spiritual remedy to sift out and to rectify all of the blemishes that a person caused by his sins. For by studying the codes, one sifts out the good from the bad, which is the very same process underlying all spiritual rectifications. Addendum. Abraham was one. Ezekiel 33.24 The meaning of this verse is that Abraham served God only through the fact that he was one. In other words, 
He acted as if he were the only person in the world, and he did not look at all at the other people who diverged from God's will and who impeded him, nor did he look at his father and his other opponents. Instead, he acted as if he were alone in the world. This, then, is the meaning of the verse, Abraham was one. In the same way, it is impossible for anyone who wishes to enter the service of God to succeed except by adopting this approach. He should think to himself that there is no one else in the world but him, and he should not look at anyone who impedes him, such as his father or mother, his father-in-law, his wife, his children, or the like. Nor should he look at any of the impediments that come from people outside who mock him, tempt him, or impede him from the service of God. For a person must not take heed of or look at these people at all. Instead, he should just fulfill Abraham was one, as if he were the only person in the world. Rabbi Nachman's Stories, The Seven Beggars, The Fifth Day One of these people boasted that his brain was an example of little holding much. In his brain, he carried thousands and myriads of people, with all their needs, all their habits, all their discussions, and all their movements. Since his brain carried so many people, it was an example of little holding much. The others laughed at him. They said that the people are nothing, and therefore he is also nothing. One spoke up and said, I saw such a case of little holding much. I once saw a mountain which was covered with excrement and filth. I found it very surprising, and I wondered where all this excrement and filth came from. There was a man near the mountain, and he said, All this came from me. That man lived near the mountain, and whenever he ate and drank, he would throw his garbage and excrement there. He therefore made it a filthy place, putting a large amount of garbage and excrement on the mountain. Therefore, this man was an example of little holding much, since he was able to produce so much excrement. This is the same concept as that of the man who boasted that his brain held many people. Rebnussen's Letters, Year 1 Letter number 183 With thanks to God, Sunday, Kedoshim, 5595 My dear beloved son, I received your letter last week. Reb Ephraim, the son of Reb Naftali, and Reb Simcha Baruch, Rabbi Nachman's grandson, came here this past Erev Shabbat. The influential Reb Moshe Landau, an in-law of the Utkapchik, also came here this past Erev Shabbat and is still here. Moshe Landau was an in-law to Hirschber, who was the most influential Moscow in Uman. He wielded great influence and could have literally destroyed Reb Nassim's opponents. He is eager to help us and wants to meet with me and come to my house. May God have compassion, and may it all be for good. As of now, God has helped us very much. But I had a scare this past Arab Shabbat, when I suffered bitterness and fright, the likes of which I do not think I have felt since this machloket started to rage. My friends outside informed me that my enemies were intending to banish themselves, meaning Reb himself, from here on Shabbat. I cannot describe to you all that transpired that day in this regard. They literally killed me and revived me many times that one day. Blessed is he who gives strength to the weary that I endured all this. God helped me, and in pure simplicity I fortified myself with the fact that I was saved from opposing truth such as this, and that I also merited to write down the Rebbe's holy awesome books of truth. Just then the people I mentioned arrived, and this too inspired me very much. Then I believed and saw with my mind's eye that this was from God. I saw that it was truly miraculous. How great are God's works! How very deep are His thoughts! 
Reb Nachman of Teplik also came with her Rebbe Ephraim for Shabbat. Thank God we had a beautiful Shabbat, and they also danced a little. It is good to thank God for having helped us thus far. They had already gone before Shabbat to speak with the Lord Governor and the city officials, and they all swore great oaths that nothing would happen to me. It appears, thank God, they were telling the truth. But what we really were afraid of was the police, whom the informers wanted to incite against us without the sanction of the Garadanshik, who was somewhat unwell. And the police were going to do it, but through God's mercy they changed their minds, because they were afraid of the castigation of their superiors, were they to get caught up in a scandal such as this. There were also people from the outside who talked to them and told them they should not do such a thing. But the evildoers, our enemies, intended the worst, and God foiled their plan. So may he foil them, destroy them, uproot, break, and bring them down beneath us, and may the truth be revealed in the world. Be strong, my son, bring yourself to joy over God's salvation, and pray to him concerning the future. The words of your father, Nussan of Breslau. Reb Nussan's letters, year two, letter number 443. With thanks to God, before dawn, the sun will rise, Tuesday, the twelfth of Kislev. And God saw that he, Moses, went aside to look. This verse carries the acrostic of Kislev, the month in which this letter was written. 5604 Peace, life, and loving kindness to my friend whom I love, heart and soul. The illustrious and learned Rebbe Ephraim, may his light shine. To him, his wife, and his children, Life, peace, and all good in this world and the next forever. Amen. May it be his will. I received your letter last Friday, along with the sum of thirty silver rubles. May God repay your deed, and may you receive full reward for exerting yourself on my behalf, and on behalf of a holy project like this, which is for the eternal good of the wider community. So may you merit to work and to struggle more and more all the time, with deeds, with words, and most of all, with intense desire and great longing for the general good, such that by God's salvation you will also have a large share in our project, to spread the Rebbe's teachings and to radiate the light of truth, which is the light of truth of the pure menorah, the holy light of Hanukkah, which is approaching to us and to all Israel. Our eyes look to God. Send your light and your truth, they will lead me. Those who hope to God will renew their strength, May the possessor of power and rulership give strength to the weary and might to the weak, and may he allow us all of our days to start and to finish projects such as this to benefit the greater community for the sake of heaven. God knows that my intentions are good, and I am certainly not mistaken in the least, God forbid, in my desire for all of this. But the strength to bear the burden has run out. Old age is coming upon me, and the truth is very hidden indeed. Our dear, beloved, and fine comrades, the generous of God's people, who respect the Rebbe's words and who do contribute as they should, may God give them their reward, even they still do not know what is in my heart about this, and certainly not to mention what I can sense from afar. It is therefore incumbent now upon you, God's blessed, and upon each and every one of you who cherish a love for me and a love for the truth of our mighty Master, Teacher, and Rebbe, may His merit protect us, to desire and to yearn at all times for all of the above, and to express these desires in words and prayer. In the course of doing so, you will also be able to express yourself about all of your other deficiencies, physical, spiritual, and monetary. 
May God send your salvation. You must work at this with all your might. And salvation is in God's hands. It is impossible to elaborate any further in this context. I, too, longed very much to see you amidst joy. But there is a long way between us. Shemot HaTzadikim Kol ele rashei ha'esrim va'arba'a mishmarot leviyah B'nei mishalem yahu, zichar yahu, yidi'a'el, zivad yahu, yatni'el, elam, yehochanan, el yehoenai, shemaya, yehozavad, yoach, sachar, nitan'el, amiel, yisachar, pu'ultai, otni, rafael, oved, elzavad, elihu, semachyahu, chosa, shimri, chilkiyahu, tevalyahu, zicharyahu, Shupim, Achia, Yeshayahu, Yoram, Zichri, Shlomit, Kenanyahu, Chashavyahu, Yiriah Harosh, Rashei Ha'avot, Yashavam ben Zavdiel, Dodai Ha'achochi, Miklot Hanagid, Benayahu ben Yehoyada Hakohen, Amizavad beno, Asael Achi Yoav, Zavadya beno, Shamhut Hayizrach, Ira ben Ikesh Hatkoi, Chelitz HaPloni, Sibchai HaChushati, Aviezer HaAntoti, Mahrai HaNetofati, Binaya HaPeratoni, Cheldai HaNetofati, Otniel, Eliezer Ben Zichri, Shefatyahu Ben Maacha, Chashavya Ben Kemuel, Tzadok, Elihu Meachi David, Omri Ben Michael, Yishmayahu Ben Ovadyahu, Yirimot Ben Azriel, Hoshea Ben Azaziahu, Yoel ben Pedayahu, Yido ben Zechariahu, Yaasiel ben Avner, Azarel ben Yerocham, Azmavet ben Adiel, Yehonatan ben Uziahu, Ezri ben Kluv, Shimi Haramati, Zavdi Hashifmi, Baalchanan Hagaderi, Yoash, Shirtai Hasharoni, Shafat ben Adlai, Ovil Haishmaeli, Yechediahu Hameronoti, Yaziz Hahagri, Yehonatan Dod David, Yechiel Ben Chachmoni, Hushai Haarki, Yehoyada Ben Binayahu. Reb Nassan's Prayers 2, Prayer Number 20 on the Kutay Maharan 2.22 Elevated and Exalted One, dwelling forever, holy is His name. You dwell with the uplifted and holy, and with the crushed and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the crushed. In your vast compassion, help me realize the ways of true humility in ultimate truth in accordance with your good will, even though I am more animal than man and I lack human understanding, and I do not know anyone who knows much of any of the ways of true humility. You reveal to us that it is your holy will that a person not remain in a state of constricted consciousness. He must exert himself with all his might in every type of worship that he engages in, particularly prayer, to emerge from constricted consciousness to expanded consciousness. You have also revealed to us the great ignominy of egotism. It is hateful in your eyes. Ego and haughtiness are an abomination to you, Hashem, something that you hate. As the verse states, everyone with a haughty heart is an abomination to Hashem. Such a person is considered like an idolater and like an object of idolatry itself. Teach me and guide me so that I will know how a person as boorish, callow, and ignorant as myself may learn the way of truth in this area, 
how to act in this regard. May I pray with a focused heart, with joy, with expanded consciousness, so that my heart will be uplifted in your ways, Hashem, yet not possess any egotism, pride, or untoward ambitions. In accordance with your goodwill, may I attain true humility, the humility of Moses, who was much more humble than anyone else upon the face of the earth. Master of the world, you know how much immeasurable confusion I have experienced regarding this matter, in particular when it comes to prayer. In regard to the topic of subservience and humility, I do not know how to avoid false humility, humility which is sycophancy, or how to avoid growing discouraged and how to strengthen myself with all my might to attain holy insolence whenever I need to bolster myself. May I never collapse inwardly, but always encourage myself with joy, might, and gladness, so that the gladness of Hashem will be my fortress. In regard to interpersonal relations, may all of us who want to enter into the ways of the true tzaddikim be bold and strong as a leopard to overcome all obstacles, distractions, and discouragement. This is particularly important in this era, in these generations, in the time of the footsteps of the Mashiach, when disputes, denunciations, and arguments among Torah sages and those who are attached to them have increased throughout the world. Now, some tzaddikim and worthy people even dishearten a person who is beginning to enter into the service of Hashem, and the snares and obstacles posed by other human beings are even greater. In this matter, a person may not be humble, subservient, or meek before others. To the contrary, he must be as bold as a leopard so that no obstacle will thwart him, and no one in the world will discourage him. Although he himself knows how lowly and worthless he is, that he is inferior to those who oppose him, dispute him, laugh at him, and discourage him, nevertheless, he may not nullify himself before them. To the contrary, he must strengthen himself against them with all his might, and say, nevertheless, I too want to come close to Hashem. May he be blessed. The truly humble tzaddikim, whose humility is akin to that of the humility of Moses, who was greater in stature than all of the great leaders. Hold the hand of all those who are lowly and distant. They strengthen me as well to come close to Hashem. And now, my Father in heaven, teach me, guide me, strengthen me and fortify me on how to attain this. Whatever may be, may I always know my true worthlessness and lowliness, yet nevertheless encourage myself against all who hinder me and discourage me. May I not allow myself to be subdued by them at all. May I revive myself always with all of the good points that still exist within me, and with the power of the great true tzaddikim, who always grasp our hands and urge and strengthen us to come close to you and yearn for you always, at all times, whatever may be. May I take no heed of any obstacle, obstruction, or distraction. Help me, strengthen me, and fortify me always, until I bring other people close to you, Hashem and truly encourage them in your service and in your Torah. You have taught us through all of your true tzaddikim that every person is obligated to engage in this. My Father in heaven, you who know thoughts, you who know all hidden things, you alone know how much salvation and compassion I need in order to attain all of this. For I am at the opposite extreme from true humility, which is the greatest attainment of all. I am so far from you that it is simply impossible for me to adequately express myself to you concerning this. Nevertheless, nothing at all is beyond you. As the verse states, Is anything hidden from Hashem? 
You can do everything. No purpose can be withheld from you. You can help even me attain true humility.